thanks for joining us for this episode. And I wanted to remind you that you actually can watch video versions of each episode by subscribing to the Church Advance YouTube channel. All you got to do is head over to youtube.com slash at Church Advance or see the link in the show notes and you can subscribe to our YouTube channel there. Of course, you can follow us on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you may be listening to podcasts. But wanted to give a special plug for the video version. Well, I'm really excited about getting to today's episode as we continue to advance a reformation, a fellowship, partnership, and gospel hope amongst Bible-believing pastors and churches. This is Church Advance with Brian Sams. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Church Advance podcast. This is your host, Brian Sams, and uh, Luke, welcome back to the recording studio. Yeah, it's, hey, it's always good to be here. Uh, you know, we're in it, we're kind of in a rhythm now. We're doing this, you know, about oh, a yeah. month or so, recording new content. It's great. So uh, it's good to, good to be back. Yeah, I love technology too, man. It's like we're sitting here having a conversation, but you're, you're at home and I'm at the old office and yeah. here we are. I, I can't tell you how many people have, uh, I, I, I say, I act like it's hundreds, but you know, a, a handful of guys that have reached out to me and been like, hey man, I didn't know you were in Jacksonville. Now it's like, oh, no, I'm not. <laughs> yeah. uh, I'm still here in Tennessee. Yeah, uh, but as, hey, much as, as much as I would like that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's yeah. great. Well, that's good, man. Hey, listen, I'm excited. Here we are uh, in the fall season, starting to kick off our fall series. And we've just decided to introduce some new uh, content to the podcast that's going to be recurring on a monthly basis. And we're going to start that today. And so what I'm going to do over the next uh, maybe year uh, at the first of the month is we're going to go through a series of tips or strategies to sharpen your sermons. If I were to label this over the first uh, the first of each month, I would call this the whetstone. You know, a whetstone is uh, a sharpening instrument for a, uh, a knife. And uh, that, that is what we want to talk about here. Now I want to, I want to start by saying what we're not going to talk a lot about is what I would just call the obvious things. Um, every successful sermon uh, involves at least four things. Okay. It involves the word of God, the spirit of God, the man of God and the people of God. I mean, that's where that's the scope. If you don't have the word of God, you don't have a sermon. If you don't have the man, if you don't have a clean usable vessel, you don't have a sermon. If you do not have the, the spirit of God, you don't have a sermon, of course, if you don't have anybody to speak it to, you don't have a sermon. But we could spend a lot of time talking about, you know, philosophy, Luke. We could talk about exposition. I think I think the subject of expository preaching has been well-worn on our podcast. And I think it's also, in a good way, well-worn in our culture. I mean, I most of the people that I know uh, are committed uh, expository preachers. Uh, if you, if you do not even know what I'm talking about, then I would just recommend backing up on the podcast. Uh, I think it's like episodes four through seven, where we talk about some expository philosophy with me and Kurt Skelly and others. And many of you that listen, you're, you're already there. You want to preach the word. You want to, you want to go line up online, book by book. 
most of you understand that without the spirit of God, we are nothing like Spurgeon said, we are like trees without sap and like sails without wind. Mm. Uh, we can do nothing. So, I mean, you know, I, I, I could talk about that, but, but that's not the point. Um, I could talk about character and integrity and, and the, the need for a vessel and all that, but, but that's not what I want to do. I want to actually talk about my love for helping people improve their preaching. Uh, and the reason I kind of just, I wanted to start this by just kind of sharing my journey of like, how did this even happen? It's kind of interesting. How did I get a love for preaching and a love to help other people preach? Well, I would say, uh, first of all, I, I got a love for preaching really immediately after I got saved. Um, my pastor was a very exhortive um, uh, I don't know, emotionally, uh, charged pastor, not in a bad way. Just, he was full of empathy, full of joy. He spoke robustly, energetic. He was just excited, man. And I just remember watching him and I was just kind of fascinated with it. And also, uh, he started giving me cassette tapes. Now, Luke, do you even know what those are? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. I was, I was 90s kid, man. We, we hit up those cassette tapes in the minivan all the time. Oh my word. I remember he opened up this whole treasure chest of this, this catalog of sermons that have been preached at the church in years gone by. Now this church, I happened to become a Christian at was a conservative, uh, church, not necessarily independent Baptist it was actually a Bible church, but, but for all practical purposes, it was, it was an independent Baptist church. Um, at one time was pastored by a guy named Norris Belcher, who now pastors the church that Shelton Smith used to pastor up in Westminster, Maryland. Open so there's door. some open door that's right. Baptist church or something like that. Yeah. Oh, wait, wait a second. Church of it's the not... open door. That's what it is. It's actually oh, not it... got Baptist in the name, surprisingly. Yeah. Church of the open door. That's, that's what it is. Wow. Westminster, you know, Maryland. Craziest thing is craziest thing is side note. I'm seeing this whole thing swirling right now. And, uh, uh, that people are showing me about, uh, People are talking about the importance of Baptists in the name, and some of our biggest Baptist proponents didn't even have it in their own name. But that's okay. I mean, I guess it's okay. I guess, I guess, it's, I guess it's easily explained for some people, but not for others. But yeah, anyways, <laughs> that was um, that. So, so, so all these sermon tapes that he gave me were from these old school. I'm talking. Jack Hiles, Lester Roloff, uh, guys from the 80s, B.R. Lakin, men that had preached back at our church uh, back in the 70s even, and so on and so forth. And I was basically introduced to what we would call exhortational preaching. Hmm. Um, not necessarily expository preaching, but preaching that would stir you up and call you to action. And just, I mean, high energy, uh, lots of illustrations. Man, I just, I, it was just heart stirring, honestly. And I just started falling in love with the craft. I remember asking my pastor, how do you know you're called to preach? And I just remember how his funny reaction to me was almost like, well, you know, because you're asking me a question like this. Hmm. And it wasn't long before I gave my life to Christ uh, as far as ministry goes, ultimately ended up at college. College was the next step. Uh, I go to Bob Jones University, and there's a lot of different um, uh, people 
thoughts about what that even means. Most people mm-hmm. don't even know I went there. But here's what I know. There was a high regard for scripture, a high regard for expository preaching. Our homiletics classes focused on expository preaching. Of course, I go on and get a master's degree, a master divinity degree, ultimately a doctorate. Pulpit training, Bible teaching, preaching was always like the scope and sequence of my study. It was always in focus. And on every level, I preached or wrote about preaching or or uh, participate in it in some fashion. And, 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 and the truth is your craft in preaching in some ways will grow over time. That that's a, probably a principle I would share with people. Yeah. I can't expect uh, a first year homiletic student to be as equipped as a 20 year homiletic student or a 20 year pastor, even if he's good, there's still something about your craft improving greatly over time. Experience is that which best shapes a pastor. So you take that training and along the way, then God began to open up doors for me to preach. Since then, uh, I have been able to preach in over 500 venues across the country uh, almost every week of my life. Uh, And then, of course, I have settled into now a regular pulpit ministry of preaching at the same church, for seven years and preaching how many ever hundreds of sermons that is uh, to the people here at River City Baptist Church now into my eighth year. So just in time, there's just been this love for preaching. But that is all leading really to what actually happened with me. And that is in Jan- uh, December of 2008, uh, I was received a call to go and become a teacher and really kind of staff evangelist kind of set up at West Coast Baptist College. And most of you know that about me. Well, I remember getting to campus in January 2009. Luke, what year were you? When were you there? I, I came uh, fall of 2009. So you were. So I had just I started. With you. Yeah. So that's cool. You had homiletics with me, no I doubt. Did. Yep. Um, but but I in January of 2009, I didn't know what I was teaching. I knew I was going to be traveling. Uh, I knew I was going to teach some stuff, but I remember when Dr. John Getch came in and told me, hey, we want you to teach homiletics too, which which there, homiletics too, was the class where you taught some preaching, but then the guys were preaching a lot, hmm. and meaning, meaning the students were taking like preaching workshop. That's the best way I could describe it. Mm-hmm. They were learning, but then they were submitting sermons and then they were actually preaching them live in class. And you did this yep. at least three times in my class yep. where you preach a 10 or 15 minute sermon. And then my job was to basically evaluate you and try then to help you uh, improve. Well, I remember the first time I sat down in my office and I went, oh my goodness, I was supposed to teach guys how to preach. What, like, what do I do? Because I never thought much about, and I never thought about it from that perspective. Like there's going to be a young 19 year old kid who's going to be looking at me thinking, okay, help me. Cause I've never done this before. Mm-hmm. And man, I got to tell you that winter began a process of me going through and helping guys like you, Luke. And in fact, over the course of now, that was 2009. This is 2023. This is my fifth. I'm going into my 15th year of teaching homiletics. I've taught it now at four different seminaries. 
Um, two of those seminaries, I have completely rewrote their whole homiletics programs. Mm. And, and, and there's a span, a combined span of about a thousand kids, about a thousand men, uh, now over 15 years have sat in my classes, learning how to prepare sermons, learning how to preach sermons, which has led me to this point. I have just seen uh, so many different kinds of guys on so many different kinds of levels. And there's been so many repeated type questions, things. How should I do this? What does this look like? Why, why or why not? And it has led me to want to share this information more broadly. Mm-hmm. And what I want to do is I just want to talk about as many mm-hmm. strategies as I can come up with that have helped preachers along the journey. Um, and, and, and again, it's not deeply philosophical. It's just what can you do as a pastor? What can I do as a pastor to take the next steps and become uh, the best preacher I can be? I mean, at the end of the day, Luke, isn't that what we want? I mean, okay, let's just look at our careers just for a minute. You are, you are in the information and technology world. Okay, mm-hmm. you are you are into graphics, you are into web design, you are into uh, video production, whatever. All these things. Now, this should go without saying, but don't you want to be the best that you could possibly be, so that your business is successful and your clients are satisfied? Oh, yeah. Like who who doesn't want to do that? Yeah. And I look at preachers and say, man, guys, nothing should be more at the forefront of the way that we think and the way that we would want to succeed, that our customers, our audience, I know I'm going to get criticized for that. Somebody's going to criticize what I just said. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, but that's okay. That's okay. It, what I'm uh, using an analogy, yeah. using an analogy, my audience, I should want them to receive the best possible sermon that they can get out of me. Mm-hmm. Okay, so here's how I want to start this today, Luke. I want to I want to start this. There's 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 three fundamental principles that make up how effective, how how good uh, a a pastor or a preacher will be at his craft. Okay, and I want to start kind of with these. This would be this will be a principle I would share with you. It helps you with patience. It helps you with hard work. It helps you with understanding how preaching develops over a lifetime. Okay. Good preaching is a cocktail of three elements. You're going to get get criticized for that. I'm going to get that. Uh, That's that's right. Because you know. The out there are going to have fun with this episode. (laughs) Yeah, they're going to clip it all up. Because once you leave the King James, you also kick the door wide open, man. There it is. Yeah. Well, a cocktail, is a, a cocktail is a mixture, okay? We'll call it a mocktail because uh, then we know mo- it's, yeah. uh, you know, free of alcohol. <laughs> so uh, the three elements of a of the mocktail of, um, of, of quality preaching. Okay, number one is the call of God, the call of God. Now, I want to I say this. The best preachers are called of God, okay? I mean, you have a call. It's not a vocation. It's a calling. It's not a job. It's a calling. Mm. Um, 
And that calling, with that calling comes an equipment and an anointing to do the calling. So, so if you're not called to preach, it's gonna, it's obviously gonna show. Now that doesn't mean, now let me, let me, let me parentheses here. That does not mean that you cannot improve speaking. I can teach anybody how to be a better public speaker. Hmm. But if we're in the in the context of preaching, you're gonna have to be called to succeed at that. Okay, so that's number one. Uh, number one, the first recipe is a call. The second recipe, uh, the second part of the recipe is a personality. Personality. One of the oldest definitions of, of preaching came from a guy named Phillips Brooks, who was a old um, colonial pastor near Boston back in the 1700s. In fact, downtown in Boston, there's a statue of Phillips Brooks uh, somewhere downtown. Um, and it was pretty famous, uh, well-known pulpiteer said this, preaching is truth poured through human personality. Hmm. Um, and this and, 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 and this is why there's a difference of between uh, me and uh, my assistant pastor Stephen. We're like two completely different people. This is why everybody knows how energetic Kenny Baldwin is because oh, yeah. if if you know Kenny, you know that he's a bigger than life personality. He's just got a personality. He's joyful. He's He's robust. This is why Jim Shetler is so animated and interesting to listen to. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. If you've never spent any time with him outside of the pulpit, you would not know. But I'm telling you, I've been with Jim Shetler at all hours of the night in all different parts of the world. And the guy's just a walking cartoon, man. He's funny. <laughs> he's He is. He's, he's, he's bigger than life. And it comes out uh, in his preaching. Hmm. Now, that doesn't mean, that doesn't mean that, one is better than the other. It just means knowing your personality will help you craft your skill better. Hmm. Uh, the call, the personality, and then finally is the experience. Um, this is not replaceable. I can't fast track somebody to become a good preacher. I don't remember the exact story, but uh, one old boy uh, said, this was years ago. It was a, It's a famous preacher. I just can't remember the exact story, but he he sat down and listened. He was in the audience listening to this young preacher in his 20s get up and just really preach well. And I've met guys like this. Um, and the the famous, more seasoned preacher was sitting down beside another pastor. And and the other this the the the, uh, the one guy looked at the famous preacher and said, That was quite a good sermon now, wasn't it? Or that's quite a good young preacher there, isn't it? And he said, yeah, he is good, but when he has suffered and has grown up, he will be great. Hmm. Hmm. And, you know, man, look, experience shapes you. Um, and, and this is just so true in any area of life. Would you rather have a good uh, dentist in his 20s or a good dentist in his 50s who's been doing it for 30 years? Hmm. Would you rather have the guy cut your hair for the first time or guy's been a barber for I mean, it's just it's just the way it is, man. Yeah. Am I a better preacher, a better communicator, a better pulpiteer, a better student of the word of God right now than I was 20 years ago when I started preaching or 25 years ago almost? And the answer is indefinitely yes. Uh, I am far better, far more skilled. I know what to do far better, and I'm far more comfortable with people. And even pastoring has has, has shaped and molded uh, me in some ways. So let's start there, Luke. That, that's what I want. And for every young person out there that listens to the podcast, 
you don't be discouraged about anything. You stay faithful to God over the long haul, man. Mm-hmm. You stay true to God, true to your wife, true to the church. And, and 20 years from now, you'll be light years ahead of, of where you are now. Rest in the person that you are. Clothe yourself in the calling that God has given you. And allow time to be your best friend to develop uh, your ministry of preaching. And uh, that's how I wanted to start this whole thing, man, of giving tips. Next time, we're going to look at some uh, things about study. And then, and, then, and then the ensuing episodes, Luke, we're just going to start looking at things like outlining tips for your outline, tips for introductions, tips for conclusions, uh, just those kinds of things. We're going to run it for about a year, man, and see how it goes. Yeah, yeah. You know, and we've been talking about this for a while. You know, you've been talking about your desire to take this content, like you said, over the years of, of all the years of not just preaching, but teaching preaching and putting that into some type of resource. And we've talked about courses and, you know, maybe in written form in some way. But you know what we said? You know what? You've got this podcast goes out every week. We've got quite a, quite a good audience out there that's listening every week. Uh, let's just do it there. And so, yeah, we are going to commit that one episode a month. Most of the time, it's going to be the first week of the month, depending on where we're at. If we're running another series, we may let the series finish up and then drop it later. But you can look for uh, most months, uh, if not every single month, one episode here where Brian's going to be talking through teaching, preaching. And I, I will be doing a lot of uh, just listening here because, uh, you know, I, I, you, you were my, like you said, you you were my teacher back in the day. Um, and, uh, and so we're really, we're looking for that. I will say this though, uh, from, from two perspective first, I guess, guess kind of as the, I, I would represent a lot of your, um, I guess your the audience there that you're talking about. And now I'm more of a consumer, uh, when it comes to preaching, uh, than I would be an actual, uh, uh, preacher. I don't, I don't have that opportunity very often at all anymore. Um, and then also, uh, from the perspective of, you mentioned the sector I'm in with, with marketing and media, there's a lot of, and, and you talk about the young guys, cause I was one of these one time. There's a lot of those young guys out there. They get really caught up in the idea of marketing their church and, and methodology and things like that. I have come to the conclusion, Brian, over the years from working with churches, being a part of churches, um, that there is no product, if you will, to keep using the words we're going to get crucified for. There is no product more valuable than your preaching. Uh, That is what, if you are selling something, that's what you're selling. And you need to be, from a marketing and media perspective, you need to be promoting it. You need to be advertising it. Absolutely. Um, And But if you're going to promote it and advertise it, it's got to have substance. Uh, and so, um, you know, I see preachers, I've seen preachers of all kinds, pastors of all kinds get caught up in different things. Maybe they get a little bit caught up in the administration or they get caught up in the counseling side of things, or they get caught up with the methodology and the media and the marketing uh, pastors, mm. please, as somebody who, uh, who is, who's again, a primarily a consumer of preaching content, please prioritize your, your preparation and what Brian's talking about in preaching here. And you would, would you say, I, I, there used to be a stat tossed around, and, and I may be off here, but tell me if, you, if you've heard this or if I'm close. There used to be a statistic as to why do people go to the church they go to. Mm. And I thought it used to be years ago and maybe even more recently, the overwhelming reason, main reason why they went was the message. Yeah. Um, and even in the bigger programmatic churches, it's still true that the message, and that might be good or bad. I mean, depending on the audience, right? Yeah, sure. Like, there may be an audience raving to go hear a good communicator. I wouldn't. I wouldn't go within ten miles of the church because I know the content's terrible. Yeah, yeah. So, so that's all, of course, a little bit subjective. But still, whether you're carnal and you want somebody to tickle your ears, 
or you want somebody to tell you the truth straight up or whatever, you're still going for that reason. Exactly. You, you know, yeah. and I think, I, I think you'd be foolish to think that your church can have this awesome program and your administration could be incredibly dynamic, but you haven't given any thought or time uh, to the idea of preaching and what it takes yeah. and what it means. You need to think twice on that, man, and give some more time and attention to it. Exactly. Well, if nothing else, I always say people, it doesn't matter who you are, if you're, if you've been to church once, or you've been to church a, a thousand, 10,000 times, everybody is showing up expecting the majority of their time in that service to be spent listening to the preaching of the word of God. That's what yep. you're expecting. And yeah. it's amazing still how many pastors can find themselves not prioritizing that everything else, making sure worship worship's all good in the media and everything right. when I'm, I'm all for that. Uh, but yeah, the, the preaching is the majority of your service that, uh, you know, it's going to be what 30, 40, 50 minutes, depending on how long you preach. And so, um, I'm, I'm looking forward to, uh, listening, getting a refresher, uh, from my homiletics days over these next few episodes. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I think our audience is going to enjoy it as well. Yes, sir. All right, guys. Well, thanks for joining us for this. We're looking forward to the next episodes on preaching, but we also look forward to you joining us next time as we continue to talk about life, ministry, and leadership. God bless you guys. Have a great day. Hey, thanks so much for joining us for this episode. And until next time, I want to remind you that you can subscribe to our YouTube channel where you can actually watch video versions of each episode. The video version is also available on Spotify, so make sure to follow us there. You can also catch the audio on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and wherever you may listen to podcasts. If you want to connect with Brian, then simply head over to his website, briansams.com, where you can reach out, ask a question, and get connected there. The podcast is hosted by Brian Sams. It's co-hosted and produced by myself, Luke Clayton, and the team at Must Increase. Thanks so much again for joining us. We look forward to seeing you in the next episode as we continue to advance a reformation of fellowship, partnership, and gospel hope amongst Bible-believing pastors and churches right here on Church Advance with Brian Sanders.